Hello, everyone, and welcome to another interview for the Fight Site. Today we have middleweight contender Eric Anders joining us. Uh, how you doing, Eric? Man, I'm doing awesome. And yourself? You know, I can't complain too much. Healthy, family's healthy. We're all good, um, and I still you can ask for right. Yeah, still got a job, so really, really lucky. Um, first off, everyone, please make sure that you go check out thefightsite.com. Uh, amazing articles, amazing content. We have a ton of interviews coming down the pipeline for you guys, so stay tuned. Make sure you check out the Fight Site on Patreon as well. You could support us directly. Uh, Eric, I don't know how much time I have before, so we'll go right into it. You are currently right now training, I believe, to fight Christoph Yotko, correct? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that is not this weekend. That is next weekend, if I'm not mistaken. May 16th, yep. So you're right now on a two-fight streak. You know, some really good wins under your belt right now. You had the, I would call that a war, with Gerald Mearshart. You had the knockout win prior to that uh, over Vinicius Mojera, back up at light heavyweight, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, what's your game plan coming into your fight with Yotko? You tend to fight, I would say, more of a pressure-based style. Uh, what kind of things you've been working on to uh, use against uh, Yotko? Um, man, you know, I, I, I come continuously and uh, trying to evolve my game. So, I, you know, I try, you know, try to get better everywhere. Um, but, you know, whenever the, the referee says go, I can't help it. But I just, you know, forward is the only direction I know how to move for whatever reason. So, you know, uh, I wouldn't expect anything different than my other fights, but to move forward, put the pressure on them and uh, land those power shots. It's it's interesting you say that. Would you would you attribute your forward moving uh, style, I guess, and uh, mentality to your time playing football? Um, I don't know. I think I think it's just kind of who I am as a human being. Uh, I like the pressure. Uh, pressure make a pipe bust, so <laughs> it also makes diamonds. So I think if you're the one giving the pressure, it's it's a lot less exhausting. Um, you know, uh, it looks more appeasing to the judges, I think, the guy who's moving forward, the girl who's moving forward. Um, and it's just kind of just naturally how I fight. Um, speaking of pressure, one thing I actually, I was I watched a couple, bunch of your fights, actually, but specifically I was noticing in your fight with Mirshard is that, and this is a question I guess could apply probably to a lot of powerful fighters, and I think that anybody who watches you fight would say you hit pretty damn hard. Yeah. Um is it hard sometimes? Because you were you were jabbing a lot actually at first before before you hurt him, and then when you hurt him, you also have a hair trigger on that left. But is it hard to kind of like to to not fall into using only your power hand? Is it something you have to mentally talk your remember to do in a fight? Uh, it, it's it's definitely something I have to, I've had to train. You know, if you watched my fights previous to Mirshar, every punch I threw had one hundred and ten percent on it. And uh, one, you know, uh, it's it's you can get tired doing that. Two, uh, I think if you learn how to set up the the power shots with you know picking you know peppering them up a little bit, it'll set up the power shots, which will lead it to more knockouts. So for my for Mearshart, um, my I wanted to you know diversify my my striking a little bit. You know, I think I threw more kicks, moved a lot more than I have in previous fights, used my jab a whole lot more. So um, you know, we did set up some power shots. Um, so I think, I think it's just like kind of trying to constantly evolve, uh, my game. So, cause man, you can't knock everybody. I didn't knock Mirshard out and I was trying, 
you know, so uh, I need to be able to win that point game as well, too. Uh, absolutely. And one of the things that actually you brought it up and I was going to ask you as well, were the, were, the, were the round kicks that you were throwing a way of, was that a, a tool that you're working on to kind of corral him into your power shots? Because that's something we see a lot of pressure fighters use, round kicks and uh, looping strikes, I would say. Um, not really to like bait him into the, the power shots, but like I said, I'm not, I don't win. I'm not, you know, guys who have high volume, I don't win decisions against those guys. And it, I think it's because of that. So it's something that, you know, I took from like the Machida in the Theodoro fight, you know, those guys just, you know, they didn't hurt me at all. They just touched me, you know, peppered me up a little bit. Uh, so, you know, maybe I could use that and my power to, you know, move forward to win more fights. So it's uh, more of an upping your volume kind of tack as yeah. opposed to specifically trying to corral them into the power shot. Absolutely, because, you know, like I said, I'm not being able I'm, you know, I'd love to knock everybody out in the first minute of every fight, but unfortunately that's just not a reality. So if I don't knock somebody out, does that mean I lose the decisions? You know, I can't. You know, I can't allow that. especially the upper echelon guys. They're good at avoiding those power shots. So uh, I need to be able to score points as well. Um, is there anything you noticed in, in Yato's game? Because he kind of also, he would fall into, I would say, watching his fights. He kind of works with volume. He's not trying necessarily to score those finishes. And he will try and grind out guys and rack up that volume. So is this something that you feel that, your previous experiences with other volume-based fighters, you think that you really have a lot to work with to 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 get this victory here? Yeah, he's absolutely going to try and, you know, I wouldn't say point fight because I mm -hmm. think he's more aggressive than the other guys, you know. Right. Um, does he have a lot of finishes? No. Uh, but um, I think that he's going to, you know, he wrestles a lot as well. So it's, it's not just like he's going to stick and move and run away like, like some of the other guys that I fought before, you know, he'll stick and move, but he'll also engage and wrestle. So I think that's what makes this fight a little bit different and more interesting than, those, than some of the other smaller, faster middleweights that I fought. Right. Um, do is your is it your? I mean, you've kind of bounced a bit back and forth between heavyweight, uh, light heavyweight, and middleweight. Is it now like you're you're down at middleweight? This is where you're sticking around for a little while, or are you looking to still take fights at light heavyweight as well? Man, I get in where I fit in, man. You know, Fight Island, you know, that would be an awesome opportunity uh, if somebody gets hurt or whatever to, you know, be able to step in at 205. Um, right. But uh, I, I think for my career, you know, every, I think well, the majority of fighters, when they get into the UFC, the goal, or at least for myself anyways, is to get the belt. And I think my fastest, av the, the shortest avenue uh, I think is light heavyweight because there's less light heavyweights at, uh, you know, in, on the roster than there are middleweights. We've seen guys like Anthony Smith and Thiago Santos, two or three wins, and they're fighting for a title. Um, however, I think uh, for my skill set and where I'm at right now, middleweight is uh, is is the place for me. Um, is it is it a tough cut for you though, middleweight? Um, uh, it just takes a lot of discipline and time, you know. Right. Uh, you know, fighting on, you know, six days notice at middleweight, probably not making weight, you know. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, when I, before I met my wife, you know, I, I was just trying to, you know, cut a bunch of weight in a week and, you know, wonder why I only have one <laughs> round of cardio, 
you know, I do all this training and then, you know, so that like it, it's better when you do it over time, you know, you're not as depleted. You definitely have more energy the next night. And, uh, man, it's, it's just from a performance standpoint, it's, it's way, 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 way better to do it over time than, uh, you know, in, in a little bit of time. Do you, when when you fight at, at light heavyweight, do you feel an, any sort of, I guess, demonstrable demonstrable difference in in how you feel when you're cutting versus to 185 versus not? The, the 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 difference isn't how I feel physically on fight night. I think the difference is how is you know, I feel more locked in mentally when I fight in at 85. Because, you know, the diet's always on my mind. The fight's always on my mind. When I fight at 205, it's easy to make. So when I'm done training, you know, that's, you know, that's, you know, that's the last I think about fighting or my opponent or anything. But, you know, when I fight at middleweight for the whole camp, for the whole time I'm preparing for a particular opponent, a particular fight, that's all I think about. Uh, so it's been because, you know, I think about, huh, I just drove past Whataburger. Oh, I can't stop. You know, I, 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 I got to maintain my diet and I got to wait to make and stuff. So, you know, not necessarily saying I do that. You know, I, I make that stop when I fight at 205. But, you know, it just never, whenever I leave the gym and I'm fighting at 205, it, it's, you know, it's off my mind. It keeps you yeah. mentally dialed in, essentially. Yeah, you know, and, you know, there's a lot of, I wouldn't say suffering, but, you know, I just have to, you know, to, to make the weight first and foremost, like I said, it takes a lot of discipline. Cause when I'm not fighting, I'm a burger, pizza, and beer kind of guy. You know, I don't eat anything green unless it comes on a burger, you know. <laughs> uh, and it's quite the opposite when I'm getting ready. So, you know, I get hungry, you know, I'm diminished, I'm a little tired, but, you know, you have that conversation with yourself, like how bad do you want it kind of thing. So I just feel more locked in and mentally prepared. Uh, fighting at 205, or excuse me, middleweight. Mm-hmm. On fight night, I'm about the same size fighting at 205 or middleweight anyway. So uh, I don't think, you know, it really makes a difference. Uh, also, when I fight at light heavyweight, you know, I hit those guys and they take it and they come. Like when I fought Thiago, man, I probably hit right. him more than I've hit anybody else. Uh, and he, you know, and that just may be him, but. When I hit the middleweights, you know, they go flying across the cage or end up on their back. So, you know, like I said, for my skill set and where I'm at, I think if, you know, it comes down to skill set, you know, I'm always going to give up some skill, you know. Uh, they're going to have more skill than me just because, you know, most likely they've been training longer. You know, I didn't start till I was 24, 25. So uh, I need that little bit of extra power and, uh, you know, size difference. Yeah, for, for for those who might not know, Eric's only you've been only been a pro since 2015, and yeah. uh-huh. most most pro fighters from like if we look at them, they really don't start hitting their prime, I guess, quote unquote, till eight years in. So you're definitely, I can imagine, still growing leaps and bounds from a technical standpoint. How do you in your camp uh, determine what specifically to work on each and every fight? afterwards or do you not really focus on specific things but rather just like let's grow the entire skill set yeah you know i like to grow the entire skill set but at the same time i need to focus on on what my opponent does really really well and uh you know train those things and make sure that i'm on point because at the end of the day when someone gets hit or they get hurt they're going to go back to what they know and what they're good at 
So, you know, if I'm fighting a wrestler, I need to be wrestling in camp. I can't just be hit and miss. You know, if I'm fighting a striker, I need to be wrestling and doing jits and not just hit and miss, you know. So uh, I try to work on everything, but we do get specific uh, based on opponent. Do you watch a lot of tape on your own when when you when you get a fight? Do you watch a lot of your opponent on your own, try and find things on yourself, or does that mostly stick you leave that to your coaches? Um, both. You know, uh, mm-hmm. we kind of together have a have a meeting of the minds, and hey, this guy does this really well. I don't do this well. You know, yada yada. Go through the pros and cons. Go, okay, this is probably the the game plan that we, that we should come up with. Expose him here. Try this or beat him at his own game. Whatever the game plan may be. Um, but yeah, I definitely watch film, especially on fight week. I have a lot more free time, so mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I'm super focused on fight week, so I can really kind of you know pay attention to everything when you've been watching so you watch a lot of fight week uh during fight week has there ever been a a point or or a fight where you look when you're watching that tape right before that fight and go i noticed something we might need to change something in the game plan that we were planning for this fight camp um not not that i can think of off the top of my head you know um it's just if I notice something, you know, I'll put it in my back pocket and uh, still go out there and, you know, try to implement my game plan because mm-hmm. I don't try to, like, change anything at the last minute. Right. Um, unless it's just a, a glaring thing, in, in which case I'm, I probably would have saw it right. earlier uh, as I was dissecting film and whatnot. Um, when you look at the rankings as they are now in top 15, I'm assuming, obviously, after this, you're probably going to shoot for a ranked opponent. Are there any guys that you particularly feel you match up with well who maybe don't handle pressure very well or uh, aren't maybe the most durable guys? You know, like if I can put my hands on them, I can get that knockout or knockdown or, or win the round through that damage. Um, you know, one guy that stands out in particular, not looking past Jaco, is... Uh, of course. Uh, uh, Carla J. Zapata. Um He's a bigger guy. You know, I know he does jujitsu. He's a world champion at super heavyweight, which probably means he's a bigger guy. Um, He moves forward a lot. I move forward a lot. And I just think that that would, you know, he. I don't think he's got very many knockouts or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But he's got a lot of submission wins and he's a world-class grappler. So, you know, uh, I think that would be a guy that would be a good opponent for me. You think he's actually, yeah, he's a rank number 13 or 14 also. So that would be a way to jump yourself into the rankings. Um, outside of fighting, is there anything that you do really outside of fighting? Like, I know fighting obviously is your job. But is there anything that you do to kind of like expand your revenue sources? Or Because fighters obviously need to make a living when they're not fighting. Uh, do you have things that you do specifically to try and, you know, make sure that you have incomes both during and after you're done fighting? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, me and my wife are, you know, into the, the real estate hustle right now. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially with this pandemic going on, of course. Going on, uh, you know, I would expect the housing market to, to go down a little bit and we can get, you know, some more rental properties and whatnot. So mm-hmm. definitely looking to pick up a, a, a win bonus on top of my, on top of those, that, that win bonus and, uh, you know, buy a few houses. That'd be awesome. And definitely something that, how, how would you, what would you recommend for other fighters getting, who aren't necessarily focused on that stuff or fighting is all they do. Fighting is all they know. Uh, 
is that something you just decided to do with your wife or is that something that somebody turned you on to a manager an agent no my, my wife put me on game you know uh, <laughs> i i don't know i don't i don't know you know i've had you know a little bit of money before i met my wife blew it and was broke and i met my wife and she was like hey you're not doing it right and this is why you're broke do this you know do you know and so i think everybody's different everybody has their own passions and whatnot and uh you know if you're not into it i wouldn't recommend doing it because you know it takes work to you know because you have to fix stuff you have to get people in the house if they don't pay rent you gotta do all this other stuff so you know it, it can be a hassle at time but you know i'm gonna have nothing but time whenever i retire or finish fighting right. so um it's just something to set up and then once i retire then you know i, I can be more hands-on with it and whatnot but um yeah you know she also put me in the stock market game too so oh. uh that that uh you know corona messed that up it's like right the the, up, the opposite you know it's, it's it's gonna open up the housing market but the, the stock market's not doing too well right now so um Absolutely understandable there you know i also want to get into the promotion game uh at the end uh maybe manage some fighters i don't know uh Jason House and I have talked about that. And, you know, he's agreed to like kind of take me under his wing as his Padawan when it's all <laughs> done with. So, uh, man, I got options uh, and, and definitely working to force some things. So if I just don't want to do anything and I, you know, I have to, and I, you know, just go manage some houses or whatnot, then cool. That's really good. It's it's always good to know that a fighter has a a plan after fighting because too many. I guess, sad stories, for lack of a better term. I, I think the, the secret to the whole thing, if you don't have, like, a, like the mindset to make money and, and know how to make money and figure it out and read books and stuff, is to attach yourself to somebody who does mm -hmm. and, and listen. You know, we also have, like, a, a, a CPA, an investment guy. Mm -hmm. uh, so... You know, I'm trying to. They say the average millionaire has seven streams of million, uh, seven streams of revenue. So I'm, that's what I'm trying to do right now. It's I hope you get it. Streams. Yeah, yeah. So I really do. That's awesome. You know, yeah, that'd be really great. If I it's could definitely do. something to point to uh, for other fighters who, who don't necessarily have that. Like you, this would be. I, I would definitely say like, hey, you know, I would maybe say hit up Eric on Twitter because yeah. he might be able to help you out and let you know what what to about these other revenue streams. Cause I think it's really important that fighters, it's such a volatile game. Anything can happen at any time. Have a plan B, have an exit strategy just in case. Yeah. Like before I met my wife, I was playing ball and, you mm -hmm. know, I was making a little bit of money, just like signing autographs. And I thought that that would last forever. I thought that I was going to play in the NFL. None of those two things happened. So, um, you know, there I was just working in a nine to five, check to check. Uh, until my saving grace came and, you know, saved me. That's awesome. How, how, if I ask, how long have you been married? Uh, we've been married four years and uh, been together five. Yeah, it didn't take me long to, to lock her down. Same with me. <laughs> I got married very shortly after my wife yeah, asked yeah. me out. Oh, okay. I see you playing. <laughs> she asked me out. I said no. Oh, and and then she texted me and she's like, yeah, no, I'm serious. I'm, we're going out. And I'm like, okay, 
No problem. Yeah, man. Hey, listen, man, you got you got to make them chase it a little bit. You know, you can't just, <laughs> you can't just give it up like that. You know, so I'm sure she appreciates you more for. Man, She's great. You know, she wants it. You know. I'm quite lucky that she chased me. I'll tell you that. I got yeah, very yeah, lucky. Yeah. Two beautiful right. children. I got no complaints. That's um, awesome. Before uh, I let you go, um, you like you said, you've been competing five years. You're still young in the game. Um, and you already have, you know, other revenue streams to take care of yourself and your family. Do you have a, I guess, an end game or an end goal for when you want to stop? Because fighters will say, I don't want to stop till after I'm 35. Uh, Hashinya said that, I think. He said he wants to be done at 35. Do you have any, any top um, date lines? I, I think whenever I lose passion, whenever I don't want to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning or 6 o'clock in the morning to go for a run or go train or go do something, whenever I start cutting corners and I don't, like, I don't have the passion for this anymore, I think that'll be the time. That could be tomorrow, could be after this fight, could be 10 years from now. I don't know. Um, I, I don't have an answer. I used to say 35 just like that, but I'm 33 and I can't fathom being done competing in two more years. And, you know, I'm healthy. I feel young. This is probably the best I've ever felt, you know. So, you know, I think that myth of you, you peak when you're like 25, 26, 27, I think that's a myth just with all the, the cryotherapy and, and all these other, you know, jewel lights and all these other things to like help you recover and feel better and anti-inflammatory type things like cbd are coming out mm -hmm. i think it's extending athletic careers and uh and you know I, I don't have an answer you know uh yeah. as long as you enjoy it you can yeah, yeah. Keep going, basically. I, I have a passion for this i love it i don't want to do anything else right now so you know uh i don't know maybe next year i, I don't feel the same maybe if, i don't know but right now uh, I feel great and I want to keep doing it. So, you know, I'm going to keep Absolutely. doing it. I actually just remember one question that I, I forgot to ask earlier in pertaining to an issue. Uh, you're, you're an athlete, but an actual athlete. You're not a guy who, you are an athlete who picked up MMA. You were, you know, you're a, what I would call a plus athlete. Um, a lot of times when we, you know, we see plus athletes get involved in MMA, they can not that they should or necessarily not that you do obviously they can cut corners i guess because you could just do things people can't regular people how do you identify if you are doing that and how do you avoid falling into that pitfall um i, I wouldn't say i'm like one of those upper echelon athletes you know i'm not the guy that can just go play basketball and put it down 30 you know <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the guy who can go play soccer and, you know, score points or, you know, I'm just not the guy that, you know, most people think that I am. I'm an athlete by trade, not by nature, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Like, yes, like, obviously my body has, like, can do stuff, but uh, the, the, some other people can't. But, you know, I have to work really, really hard to maintain, you know, uh, like speed or, you know, power or whatever. You know, I, I don't eat cheeseburgers all day and have a six pack. You probably wouldn't even recognize me in between fights, you know? <laughs> uh, so I, it, it's not like I'm in that 98th percentile, that Usain Bolt, that Michael Jordan echelon of athlete. No, uh, I think Greg Hardy is, especially for a big guy, first round draft mm -hmm. pick, pro bowler, UFC fighter. Um, so for me, 
Like everything that I have achieved athletically or actually in life, like I had to work and outwork people for, you know, I didn't win a starting spot at Bama because I was a superior athlete. I was the smallest guy on the field. There were safeties bigger than me, you know, on the field. I had to outwork everybody, outgrind everybody and, and, you know, put in more work. And it's been that way since day one. That's really interesting because you, you are for a big guy, you're very quick and you're, you're obviously powerful. You and to 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 hear from from you that it's because you are obviously every athlete at that level does put in the work. They're not saying guys like you know Yol Romero don't put in the work. We know they do, but it's really interesting that like you are saying I'm not that, and I had to work extra hard to be able to even achieve that. And it's really interesting because you give off the impression of just natural athlete, and that's really cool that you were able to get to that point through strictly hard work and that's really cool yeah you know i, I would say on like natural just like natural wake up we're gonna go test you know mm -hmm. we're gonna go run a combine i would say i'm probably a c plus b minus athlete naturally uh but and maybe not even that you know i've been on the field that you know in alabama you know probably <laughs> the worst athlete on the field, including the defensive lineman, you know. Uh, but, you know, through hard work and, you know, doing the stuff that nobody else wants to do or, or bitches and gripes and complain, I truly think that if you, like, go into a workout with a good attitude, like, hell, yeah, I want to do this, like, you get more out of it than if you're just like, oh, okay, I got to bench press eight times. Okay, I did my set. I, I truly believe that, you know, your mindset, like, you get more out of training, uh, you know, if you have a good positive mindset and, you know, that's your goal. My goal every day showing up to the gym or to, you know, wherever is to outwork everybody. Cause I think that's the mm -hmm. way you stay on top. That's how you get there. And that's how you stay there. And you know, that it, you know, I'm sure there's a thousand different philosophies on that kind of stuff, but you know, this is what's worked for me, you know, since I was knee high to a grasshopper. So I don't see any way, any reason to uh, abandon that mind, mind that mindset now? Well, Eric, I mean, I, I really appreciate you stay you stayed a little longer than you actually said that you would, and I really do appreciate that. Um, anything that you want to plug or shout out before you go? Yeah, man. Thank you to uh, Infinite CBD, uh, keeping things going, keeping me healthy. Uh, Rev Gear for uh, for the gear and uh, reliable uh, septic, you know. My big, good buddy Jason Reno here in Birmingham has got a septic company that, uh, you know, is number one in the state. So if you have any of those issues, give my man a call. Awesome. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us. This has been another awesome Fight Site interview with Eric Anders. Uh, you could follow him on Twitter at Eric Anders uh, with a Y, E-R-Y-K. Right. Um, he's fighting against Christoph Yotko, uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. I think it's May 16th. Uh, uh, for the UFC. Make sure you check it out, support him, send him some love, and uh, thank you all again. Make sure you check out the site and uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and please support the Patreon if you're able to. Um, have a great day. Stay safe, everyone, and thank you again, Eric. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Anytime, brother.